Welcome to Health Now from WebMD. I'm your host, Carrie Gann. It's that time of year. Warmer weather is here for most of us, and a lot of people are looking forward to spending time out of the house. Today's guest is here to remind us why it's a good idea to take precautions before we head outdoors and into the sun. Before we talk about that, take a second to make sure you've subscribed to our show wherever you're listening to podcasts so you won't miss our episodes. Thanks. Okay, let's get started. Maybe you've had a moment where you see a spot on your skin and think, was that always there? Or does that look different than it used to? You might be tempted to think it's all in your imagination, but it's important to take a closer look at any new or changing spots on your body, since they could be signs of skin cancer. That's something Caitlin Jones knows all too well. She's a physician assistant in Southern Ohio, and last year, right at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, a spot on her scalp turned into a diagnosis of melanoma, one of the deadliest forms of skin cancer. She's here today to share her story with us. Caitlin, welcome to Health Now. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here today. We're very, we're very excited to have you. Um, take us to the beginning of this story. How did you notice a spot on your scalp? It's, it's not really an area that you can easily you know, glance at in everyday life. Sure. Yeah. So um, the story actually begins back in 2016. So at a routine um, skin check with my dermatologist, they identified, um, you know, just a slightly abnormal, very small spot on my scalp. They biopsied it at the time and it came back as an atypical mole. So really and truly nothing to worry about. Not um, don't need to put too much stock in that. Um, very, very small chance that it turns into a skin cancer. So um, just monitoring and kind of keeping up with skin checks. Um, so I did that pretty well. I think I dropped off on a few years, kind of closer to 2018, 2019. Um, and then really right as the pandemic started to unfold last year, um, early March, 2020, um, it was my husband who has a, a pretty good vantage point. He's about a foot taller than I am um, of my scalp. Um, and this was kind of just, just to the close to my part line that you could see. Um, and he said, Hey, I, I think that spot that you had biopsied is changing a lot. Like I, I don't like the way it looks. And, you know, I really kind of trusted the, the biopsy in 2016. And I thought, Oh, there's no way that this could turn into anything. Um, so I brushed him off for a few weeks. And then after a while he said, yeah, I, it's, it's been changing even since he originally mentioned something. Did you have any symptoms besides seeing or your husband being able to see the spot itself on your scalp? None whatsoever. So um, I did not have any pain on my scalp, no associated discomfort. Um, sometimes melanomas can bleed um, along with other skin cancers can kind of present that way. Um, I didn't have really anything other than this changing lesion. And I think perhaps if it had been a non-pandemic time, um, a hairdresser might've noticed, um, that there was this very abnormally looking mole on my head, but at the time I still hadn't, you know, it, it was, everything was closed down and that wasn't where we were going. That wasn't a priority at the time. So other than the 
just pretty rapid change and the appearance of the of the lesion, I had absolutely no symptoms. Wow. So if it was if your husband hadn't been able to see it, I mean, you you might never have known that it was actually there. Absolutely. Um, and that's a harrowing thought. And that's something that, you know, he really does get the the title of hero in this story and being my guardian angel. Um, and not just that, the fact that I was pretty resistant at first to even going, I, I said, this is not, you know, not important. I'll, I'll check back in August. That's what I kind of made a mental note to. And really, if, if that had been my path and my decision, this would have had a significantly different prognosis and outcome. I'm almost sure of it. Right. Um, so how long was it before you went to a doctor and, or what was it that actually really convinced you that you did really need to get somebody to check into it? So I think it was when I started taking pictures myself, um, I took a picture and then I tried to go back and look at other pictures that I had had of this, of this lesion. And I realized then when I compared the two side to side, um, from a picture in 2016 to March, 2020, that it was significantly different. And I remember sending the picture to a couple of my dear friends and, and nurses I work with and said, guys, what do you think? And they basically said, are you, are you crazy? It's, it's time to go. That looks really bad. So uh, again, I, I look back and I think I, I was my own patient would have, you know, urged and treated it so different differently. Um, but it was really just the urging of, of friends and family and then kind of my, my good sense and my, my own medical kind of knowledge clicking in to say it's time to go. Um, right. That this could be, even though that, you know, we had had that kind of reassurance of a, of a good biopsy uh, four years earlier, things can change. So tell me a little bit about these changes that you saw, you know, for somebody who might be um, seeing a spot on their own skin and thinking, huh, I wonder if this is something, what are the the actual things that you noticed physically about the spot that concerned you? So um, really, if we kind of look at the guidelines for melanoma and for changing lesions, it kind of hit all of the, the criteria. So it started to become asymmetrical um, and irregular shaped. It was, it was not, you know, kind of a circular or linear presentation. Um, there were multiple colors involved. The borders had spread um, that it was becoming, it had gone from about the size of a uh, pencil, uh, maybe a racer head on a pencil to the size of a nickel. And I, I, I don't think that was probably over any less than 45 days. Wow. Um, and it had just kind of evolved. It, it, when I looked at the, the lesion side to side, it was, oh, this was, this is to a totally different. It looked like it was not even the same mole. Um, so it really, it was just had, had grown significantly in size. Multiple colors were involved. Um, it was pretty classical for a superficial spreading melanoma type. Um, so that's kind of the things to look out for. Um, unfortunately, even, even myself as the clinician kind of passed up a, a classical case. Right. When it's you, when it's your skin, it's easy to think like, huh, maybe, maybe this is in my imagination. I can definitely understand. Um, yes. and, and you mentioned this was happening in the earliest days of the pandemic when a lot of people were really fearful about going to hospitals or a doctor's office because of the risk of catching the coronavirus. 
Was that weighing on your mind as well? You're, you're a physician assistant. Uh, so did that give you a unique perspective on the risk of getting, or just the risk of the pandemic itself and being exposed to other people? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it, it really was twofold. It was at the time, I, I think the message was, you know, kind of limiting foot traffic, putting non-emergent things on hold, which we know that's a, a very wide definition for all, you know, this, a, a spot on your scalp causing no discomfort at all was a non-emergent in my book. But again, it really, what time was of the essence. Um, I remember I was working shifts in urgent care and, and prior to the first biopsy I had scheduled, I had a um, possible COVID positive patient I had treated. And I thought I, that's one of the reasons why I rescheduled the, my biopsy was, well, I don't want to go in and expose anyone to the office. If, if I had been exposed, I think my, my husband and I at the time were sleeping on different levels of our house. So we just, there was, I think, um, a, an abundance of, of precaution, which was great, but it really was the, I think, I think all eyes were on pandemic. All eyes were on COVID. Heart attacks don't stop. Skin cancer doesn't stop um, evolving. Um, other emergencies continue to happen. I, I just couldn't in my mind justify kind of putting someone else or myself at risk for what I, I didn't think was an emergency. So it, it definitely factored into kind of my decision and, and waiting maybe even just a, a week or two later than I should have. Right. When you went to your doctor and you actually... Uh, got someone to take a look at this. What was the doctor's diagnosis? And then what kind of treatment did you need as a result? So uh, that day that I had gone in for kind of the evaluation, I saw the dermatology PA um, and she took a, a quick look. I think she looked back at a couple pictures and she said, I think that this is a, we need to schedule a biopsy. But then on May 1st of 2020, got the biopsy done. And then um, here we are just shy of a year on May 8th, 2020, uh, my dermatologist called me to share the news that uh, the biopsy did re reveal that it was melanoma. And unfortunately, with the margins of the biopsy and the way it looked, they uh, were recommending that I needed uh, further surgery and, and double checking the lymph nodes to make sure that it hadn't spread. So um, that was on a Friday afternoon. Um, that was a heart stopping call. That was a day after my own patient load. And just to switch from kind of clinician to that seat of the patient of the one needing care, needing the answers was really tough. So um, from there, I kind of took the weekend, collected myself, tried to get a plan, um, found the Melanoma Institute at the Cleveland Clinic and just how renowned and, and uh, what a great program uh, Dr. Gassman was leading up there. I called on Monday morning. I'm sure if they opened at eight o'clock, I called at 801. Um, <laughs> spoke, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure of it. I spoke with a, a patient advocate there and they got me linked up with an appointment with Dr. Gassman the next day. From there, went up um, to see Dr. Gassman. Um, he recommended proceeding with the surgery, um, finding out which lymph nodes we needed to take out. Um, there was about a two and a half week period between that appointment and the surgery, which of course felt like, you know, 20 years, um, had the, the surgery where they removed a, a larger area from my scalp, um, and covered it with a skin graft from my left groin. Um, and they checked lymph nodes on both sides of my neck, 13 in total. So I believe it was about a four hour, uh, surgery that day. Oh, wow. Um, 
yeah, it was. And um, at the time they weren't letting, you know, loved ones come in and, and sit in the surgery center. So my poor husband was driving around Cleveland a little bit nervously. I think he tried to take a hike um, a oh, nearby park, just trying to keep himself a little Zen. Um, but then picked me up after the surgery. Um, I was, I was pretty bandaged up, had a pressure, pressure dressing sewn on, onto the skin graft, which was pretty, an inc- really an incredible thing. Um, and then from there, it was the waiting game to find out what the lymph nodes would reveal, um, to see if it, that would automatically take me to stage three. Um, so at my first post-op appointment, I saw Dr. Gassman and his PA, and they were able to share the news that no lymph nodes had tested positive for melanoma for cancer and that I was, you know, effectively cured with the, with the surgery and now kind of switch gears to more surveillance and, um, kind of getting to the bottom with some genetic testing to kind of stratify my risk. So, uh, that was, um, I believe maybe June 1st or June 3rd when I, when I got the news and then that was the day life kind of opened up and unpaused and forever changed from that. Did the, did the, did the doctor sort of give you any indication about what might've happened if you had waited any longer, or even if you had come in earlier, like, did they sort of tell you the sort of the, the impact of, of waiting to treat something like this? Scalp melanoma is kind of a, a, a bit of an oddity because the lymphatic system and your vascular system in your, in your head can, um, be sort of like a highway for things to travel. So I remember during the biopsy, you know, being prepared for the scalp to bleed a lot, but this really, really bled a lot. So that right there told me during the procedure that, you know, this had, had kind of recruited its own blood supply and, and, um, may, may very well be malignant. So, um, because, you know, scalp melanomas are covered by hair and other things, we, we tend to find them late later. And because they do have that kind of highway that they can take via the vascular system, they can spread really quickly. So, um, you know, over various conversations over the last year, I think if I had gone earlier, maybe it could have been kind of a nice, tidy biopsy done, not the need for a lymph node check and, and a skin graft. If I had waited, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say a hundred percent, but the likelihood that it would have spread to my lymph nodes and some, it, it's very common for scalp melanomas to spread to the brain. Um, wow. you know, it's hard, hard to say how long it would have taken, but that tends to be a, a common path for it to travel. That's a really scary I. thought. I feel like it is. if you are in the medical field and you have something like this happening to you, it must be almost more nerve wracking because you know, all the possibilities, you know, I'm sure that's <laughs> it, it did. And, and really, I mean, I, uh, when I was done seeing my patients that on that Friday that I got the call of my biopsy results and the dermatologist called me and they said, Hey, I really need you to call me back. I knew right then and there that oh it was pretty unfavorable. Um, and you know, I always, I, we know enough to be dangerous. So we know enough to kind of be able to take ownership and and be our own advocate and have a really strong voice and active partner treatment plan. But we also know enough to know where to find all of the really scary, terrible things about a prognosis and all of the what ifs. Um, and the reality of melanoma, um, if it's not caught early and if it does progress to stage three and stage four, 
Um, you know, the five-year life expectancy rates are are just not good. So kind of hanging my hat on those numbers, that's kind of what I was really hoping is, you know, if if that I was lucky enough for this not to be stage three, then I would be in in a good spot numbers wise, but um, stage three would mean chemotherapy and and maybe adjunctive immunotherapy and radiation. And even with that, sometimes can can lead down a, a, a bad prognosis. Right. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> um, it was a lot to take in. There were a lot of tears. My my husband, I remember that weekend, kind of put his hand over mine and to put my phone down. He said, "You have you know where to look." where you, when, when you know where to look to find the scary stuff, you have to stop. We can't do this. And I'm glad he did because I very much obsessively would have done that over the course of the next month. I did. Of course. Very wise, very wise on his part. (laughs) Yes. Um, Is there anything you would have done differently looking back on, you know, what happened to you or also what is something that you'd want others to know who are in a situation like yours, you know, they see a spot on their skin and they have to decide what to do from there. I think looking back, I let the illusion of a few good checkups kind of lull me into a false sense of security. So I talk about and know the importance of annual skin checks, you know, even prior to this, knowing my you know, I was a lifeguard for many summers. I used the tanning bed before. I knew how important it was to stay up on skin checks. Um, I didn't have a, a primary care physician for a long time. So I, I think it was just that false sense of security that we have of like, I'm everything's fine. I've, I've had a good, a few good checkups. There's no way that things could evolve. So I, I did fall off the wagon, um, so to speak, a little bit in terms of just good health practices and, and good preventative care, which we know lead to, you know, excellent public health outcomes. And I think what I, what I'd like others to maybe take away or to just kind of keep in mind is that n- no one knows your health and no one knows you better than you do. And um, no one's going to advocate harder for yourself, for you. So that means, you know, being mindful of changes that might happen. If you have questions, you know, not brushing it off, like, yes, that there's been a lot of changes and and maybe there's, it's not quite as simple as just calling your doctor and getting an appointment these days, but there are, you know, avenues through telemedicine and other ways to, to get the care you need. And for me, it's looking back, I, I'd much rather see a patient or be a patient that, you know, you go down the rabbit hole, you check something out and there's nothing that comes out of it. And that's great. Um, But you have to do that. You have to seek the care. And I think sometimes it's the loved ones. So even looking out for your friends and family, if, if you're seeing changes, you know, whether it's changes on their skin or other types of, of just, you know, health changes you might notice, um, kind of having those conversations with them of, you know, have you seen a doctor or have you seen your provider? Um, have you thought about getting this checked out? Because I, I do think it's very easy to minimize ourselves and, you know, the, the kind of the pace of the world that we live in. Sometimes we don't have time to really, you know, put ourselves first. So just that is the, the message I'd like others to hear of, you know, keep, keep your health kind of at the top of the pyramid, keep yourself and your wellness there. 
Um, and sometimes that means going in when you're not sure if you need care, you know, you don't have to be the, de- you don't have to be the determinant factor in that, you, you know, you're, you don't take care of, of your own medical problems. You can kind of recruit a team and, and healthcare providers for that. So, um, just don't put yourself at the bottom of the totem pole. I think right. that's what I'd like others to, to know. In your work as a PA, I'm wondering if you have started to notice your patients or some of them are facing the effects of delaying medical care because of the pandemic. You know, I think that was something that a lot of doctors were fearful of. I'm just curious if you have if you have noticed patients um, who are coming in who maybe should have gotten care earlier, but they delayed it because of the pandemic. Oh, ab- absolutely. And, you know, my the, the bulk of my clinical work is um, in psychiatry. And luckily that was a, a field where we could very easily pivot to, you know, more telehealth modalities and, and keeping people safe. But even with patients that I've seen for um, many years, uh, maybe it was lab work that we, that was put off or, or we thought, okay, we'll go back and, and do this and kind of has revealed some, some underlying changes that, oh, you know, we could have maybe caught this a little sooner. Um, maybe it has been surgeries, you know, uh, what we might consider an elective surgery um, for an, inju- an injury, but has impacted their quality of life so much and that they're not able to, to get around as, as much. And that's kind of set a whole domino effect on other aspects of their health. So I have absolutely seen um, just changes in, in my own patient population um, as a result of putting things on hold for the pandemic. Um, and looking, you know, as a, as a clinician, looking back, I think I would have approached things and had um, a little more firm conversations of, Hey, you know, I, I totally understand your concerns about COVID and I, I, I recognize and honor that, but there are some things that we do not want to wait on and, and we want to stay ahead of the game. So, you know, having, having this kind of year out perspective has, has definitely brought some of those things to light. So how are things going now? What, you know, how, what is your health like these days? Sure. So um, things are, are going extremely well. Uh, you know, after, I, I think when you go through something like that, you are given a, a gift of clarity of what, what are your real priorities? You know, what are things that you've wanted to do that you put off? So kind of once I was given that, that green light of sorts, um, pursued a, a lot of great things. So um, was able to, to take a job in, in PA education, which has always been a dream of mine and has been a great experience. Um, my husband and I uh, were, were able to, to purchase our, our dream home um, and just settling into that. And I'm also expecting my first child in August. So it's oh, been wow. a busy, busy, exciting year um, of just really great things and trying to soak in all of the, all of the good. Um, and also just being doing a better job at taking care of myself, you know, um, being up to date with my skin checks, obviously, but getting in touch and and having a a primary care physician, um, you know, just being a little more mindful of, of the things that I'm exposing my body to and putting into my body, kind of all those things. So, you know, right now I'm, uh, just shy of 25 weeks. So I'm, I'm learning all of the, the lovely changes with pregnancy and, and really soaking it in and just, really grateful for that. That is wonderful. Congratulations to both of you. I'm so happy to hear that. That's awesome. Thank you very much. We're thrilled. And 
we are we are certain that this child's first word is probably going to be sunscreen. <laughs> it's a good one to keep in mind. Yeah. You can start. Yeah. You don't have to fight that battle early. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That is excellent. Well, Caitlin Jones, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your really important story. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. Thanks for joining us today and hope everyone has a great week. Talk to you next time.